Hello, and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. Or God, as I've recently found out he likes to fancy himself as. I mean, that shouldn't be a new revelation to me, but the fact that you were so obvious about it when I asked if you, if we can make G stand for you made me laugh. See, it's funny, because Warhammer fans get the double entendre going on there. Anyway, so as you can already tell from the title of this and me introing, this is a buckler time. So before we get into this, uh, I believe I will do the patron sound off, which normally is Ulrich's job, but in bucklers, it's my job. So these are the people who are our patrons on Patreon. They make it possible for us to, to do this kind of thing more frequently and, you know, at at cost. Is that the right term? No, I think it's the right term. But point is, they're awesome. And they are Pam Galley. Marquis, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Anne Elmquest, Reed D, Stephen R. Martinez. Did I miss someone? I have an old script. Nope, that's everybody. Well, there you go. You're all awesome. Now, if you'd like to become a patron, you can just head over to, on, to our Patreon, Geeks with Shields. Easy to find. A uh, dollar a month, 25 cents an episode is that's enough for us to be like, that's awesome. You're awesome. Goes a long way for us. We have other tiers. But, you know, I know that most Patreon users do, like, you have, like, 50 people, your Patreons, too. So we're not going to get too greedy on you. <laughs> anyway, so what we're here to talk about today in our, you know, the short time we have with you is the importance of the R rating specifically when it comes to movies. And I guess only movies because TV uses a whole different rating system than TVM for Mature. I would say R and M because we'll probably talk about multiple things together. Right, Ulrich? Yes, I was waiting for you to call us a cohesive train of thought there, because you're bouncing around. I wanted to see where it landed. Oh, well, okay. It's hard to tell when I, you can't see me, and I'm, like, looking at you waiting for a response. <laughs> if this was your idea, after all. So, importance of the R rating and or the M rating. Give us your thoughts. Well, the whole reason this came up is, as many of you know, not too long ago, there was... Not necessarily a debate, but a panic over the future of Deadpool and its rating when in an interview, I think it was the director, said, well, we're looking into the options of the rating of Deadpool. And everyone immediately began panicking, going, oh, no, they're going to make Deadpool PG-13. The end is nigh. This is exactly what we said would happen when Disney took over, so on and so forth. And Which, for the record, I've been saying for years that it's not that big a deal. I've seen Deadpool work in PG on cartoons before. Now, in this, in his case, it makes him feel different and more unique. That's why, like Deadpool, I think was so successful—not just with people who are already fans of comics, but like you know, it was a huge release. Was because hey, this is different from all the other superhero movies that have to fit in the same thing by being R rated. It was like, it, it gave it a unique flavor to it. Logan did the same thing, except in a completely different tone. So it's like, it's another tool, right? And more tools means more variety. But my point is that Deadpool is not so weak a concept that he will survive or die because he, because of the rating. Anyway. This is true. And I, I more or less agree with you on all those points because what Deadpool comics are M, but there's no nudity, there's no swearing. What there really is and what Deadpool kind of lives and dies on is the creative violence. And that is something you can't necessarily get without an R. And my whole thoughts on the rating system is its own argument. 
short version is it's dumb and it desperately needs revised. I mean, just the fact that PG-13 is this weird nebulous barrier that people skirt around to try and fit everything under for the sake of, I don't know. I mean, it's you're just, right about that. I would say whole that another topic, whole another time. In a similar way, I think the topic about Deadpool specifically is a whole other topic, another time, because uh, what what Deadpool lives or breathes on is a whole other thing. But yes, so for the rating system itself, you've touched on something important there that the PG-13 rating is the problem, really, not the R rating, because PG-13 is just this weird space where they like. I'm trying to think of a good example for it. It's like if there was a pie chart, right? of you know g pg pg 13 and r rating like a majority of that chart is going to be pg 13 they just shove a huge variety of movies into this category well it's very nebulous in what you can and cannot do in pg 13 a couple fun examples you cannot show blood in a pg 13 movie but if the blood is a color other than red you can impale disembowel squish whatever also in PG-13, you are allowed one fuck, but not two. Two constitutes an R rating. Whatever sense... And this is where it doesn't make sense. But again, we're getting off topic. Yeah, I would say that's that's one of those things, right, where you are... We talk about, like, violence, right? And so you can be as violent as you want without showing blood. And to me, it's, it's fine. Uh, but where they make these weird arbitrary lines... Okay, let me put it this way. Does the rating system really accomplish anything from a consumer point of view? Like you can think that from a, a business point of view, it's like that's why you want to hit the PG-13 rating because at that point, like you can be as quote unquote adult as possible while still allowing children to to see the movie, you know, unsupervised, whatever that means. And at that point, that's like you get the widest possible audience. But think about, as far as I'm concerned, if you think about movies in reality, rating doesn't actually really impact who's going to see it. That's going to come down to quality. See, here's the, th this is what I heard a while ago. And the reason studios are sticking so hard to the RPG-13 rating is that certain religious groups will not see an R-rated movie on principle. They use that as the just, well, it's not for me, which I find hilarious because if you converted any religious text to a movie there ain't no way in hell you're getting that not not an r rating well also there's the classic right back in the uh i forgot what the my my cinema history is rusty right now what the code that was prevalent in like the the 30s oh, up through the 50s yeah right? oh but, what's it called anyway but the point is there for those who don't study film history there was a especially a code, a law that made so you couldn't show a lot of things that we now take for granted in films unless they were part of a religious context. So what you ended up happening in like, you know, the 30s to the 50s was that if you had a filmmaker who wanted to have scantily clad women and like, you know, full on murder, they would just make a movie version of a Bible story. Like that's where you get like three different versions of the 10 commandments essentially uh, you know or things like that it was called the Hayes code i looked it up thank quick. you Hayes code so but the point is that now it's like you use you you mentioned this like oh i'm religious so i don't want to uh, but you're making the comment that you know a lot of religious stories have these kind of things in them and there was a point in time when that was the reason why those things existed in film was because they were in the religious stories in the first place well, I've always thought it was dumb because you're, like I said, you can get an R rating for having 
two fucks and nothing else in the movie. But you can also have a movie where there is implied rape, sexual tension, brief nudity, violence, disembowelment, and every other swearing. And that's a PG-13. It's a dumb, dumb thing that makes no sense to me. What is, do you know what the the limit on sexual content is before it goes from PG-13 to R? There isn't one. It is still controlled by the uh, oh, ratings board. I know they have an official name, and I know they were recently revealed. Surprise, surprise, they're a bunch of, you know, middle-aged parents. Uh, but no, that one's kind of nebulous in what you can or cannot show, which is why studios submit multiple cuts and then kind of cut back and cut back and cut back until they can squeeze it in under whatever rating they're going for. Well, it's just weird because, like, the whole t- one fuck or two fuck thing, it, it's so – I've always felt like that doesn't really work in application. I mean, I don't know how many PG-13 movies I've seen actually, quote-unquote, make use of this. You know? uh, my like, go-to he, example is Beetlejuice. When did he say Beetlejuice? He dropped, Oh, nice remember. fucking model. That's yeah. Right. That's the one they used it. And it's kind of a fun, you know, thing, uh, internet thing is if you can put one fuck in a PG-13 movie, where would you put it? Well, the classic for me uh, of that is Lord of the Rings, which is my favorite set of like Lord of the Rings memes. Uh, they, they have a fucking cave troll. Exactly. Yeah. But my point is that I don't see that actually used in practice a lot. I know that this is a common criticism, but sexual content versus violent content is such a weird set of standards because our country is far more accepting generally i should say i shouldn't say our country i should say the ratings board seemingly when it comes to media is far more accepting of violent material than sexual material when both of the i would argue one of them is basically a necessity of propagating the species while the other one is just an unfortunate historical necessity but not one that's inherent you know uh, i know your whole episode on that too <laughs> yeah exactly i was about to say i know that you uh you are the, the horseman of the apocalypse war so i'm not going to insult you to your face but you get my point that like you can't argue propagate the species without sexual content i guess now with science you can but no, right, it's, no. again it's a weird nebulous the whole relation between sex and violence and puritanical beliefs and all that is a giant messy whole other episode yeah, plus, well, you know, we were founded by Puritans, uh, so that's where we and even get to flooded with drunken Irish immigrants that made everything taste good again. <laughs> uh, maybe, okay, if you're saying that we're drunk enough that suddenly things taste good, I can go with that. Uh, you're trying to Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to topic at hand. So ratings, right, my, my point was that Look at look at something like Deadpool. How many children, like younger children, do you think saw that movie? Because I would be willing to guess a lot, right? Just I like that. A lot of teens and preteens, just for the edgy factor of it all. Yeah, just like how many kids do you think saw RoboCop when that came out? And that's basically as good example of an R movie. I was as I can my think. go-to is uh, Starship Troopers because I saw that a bunch as a kid, and it's are to the core yeah so my point is that people the only the only way and i will acknowledge that this is something that people might criticize what i'm saying for the only way that rating affects how people how many people are going to see it is that if the company making it is making it with the rating in mind then it could impede on the quality of the product because they you know make certain concessions or try to do things certain ways that then degrade the quality of said movie and then that causes people but that's that's an aura 
Boros. Like that's not really the point. The point is that the rating the rating itself, I feel like, doesn't have a really uh, significant impact on who sees the film. You know, absolutely not. It's more limiting the content, which is kind of the whole point of this one, why the R rating is important, why we need to have the R rating if we're going to stick to this archaic and dumb system, because that's exactly what it is. It's archaic and dumb. Yeah. Well, then the answer is simple. I said it at the beginning, but it's about tools. It's all about variety, being able to have those options, you know, like if you take away, if we theoretically didn't have the R rating, if you cut up the R rating, you just went straight from PG-13 to NC-17, then either, essentially, you now are going to have a whole lot more movies coming to NC-17, in which case that is going to... It's just arbitrarily cutting uh, younger kids out of movies that they're going to see later on anyway. Like, you know, use Deadpool as the example. Deadpool would have been an NC-17 movie in that situation. People, Kids will still find ways to see it especially now in this age of like digital media. Now, if you go the other way around and you make those movies that would have been R now PG 13, it'll just change the meaning of PG 13. And suddenly PG 13 will be the new, it's all, it's all just about communication and words and how we view. That's why PG 13 has become this nebulous thing. It originally had a very different meaning, but then more and more filmmakers tried to like stretch the term until now. It doesn't really mean anything as you established, but so it, it doesn't you can take away the R, but you won't actually take away the spectrum of movies that are filled. They'll just find a different location to sit, right? Oh yeah, because PG thirteen came about because Steven Spielberg made poltergeist and terrified a generation. Oh yeah. Like people that, saw yeah. PG, okay, you know, well that that seems fair. Okay, watch it and they watched it and the kids were terrified, like, what the hell was that? And also, ironically, some of the darkest Disney films were G, but now Disney doesn't make G movies anymore. They only make PG movies because G has its own weird attachments now. Yeah, well, that also is – it's funny because there's no easy answer when it comes to, like, how we evolve with culture. I remember I've heard people say things like, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. And that statement is true, but it doesn't actually really mean anything because it doesn't mean people who say that are usually trying to say like, oh, PC culture means that you can't make a movie with this kind of satire today. And that just isn't true. I mean, Sorry to Bother You was doing some some crazy out there stuff like in a similar kind of vein. Yep. All, all it means is that that particular style of movie just wouldn't work in today's climate it was made in a time that it was meant for so there are certain areas of pop culture where things uh, are no longer acceptable there are certain areas of pop culture where things are totally acceptable that weren't acceptable back then there's no uh you know wrap around it you know it fits for everything statement about this it's just you know kind of an evolving you know blob of standards and Lindsay Ellis has a great video essay breaking down 100% why you were wrong about Blazing Saddles can't be made today and why Blazing Saddles was not only so hilarious when it was made, but how relevant and poignant it was. And of course, my other favorite go-to when people say that one is the George Carlin line, anything can be funny. Problem is, most people aren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, anytime someone pulls out, well, you can't make those jokes anymore. Yes, you can. You're just not smart enough to make them. Well, I mean, I'm always of the opinion, and as much as I have come to 
kind of dislike Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I do agree with the the basic idea of you can make fun of anything. Now, that's an inherent attribute of reality, but that doesn't mean that everyone who tries has the skill to do it successfully. You can make a joke out of anything, and it's it's not like off limits as far as I'm concerned, but if you're going to make a joke about something that is really taboo or really, uh, you know, tacky, you better be really, really goddamn clever to make that work, you know? Yeah, I'm just going to step away from that dumpster fire. Yeah, that's my, my point, though, is that, like, that's why the best comedians, you know, the ones who could push those envelopes and uh, touch on those kind of subjects also happen to be some of, like, this. George Carlin is a great example of that, like, but Lenny Bruce is probably the best example of that, considering that he pioneered, you know, the whole concept by getting arrested for profanity on stage. But the idea that the people who who push those kind of envelopes are the ones who are smart enough to make those jokes work. And that kind of circles back to my original point about R rating being an important thing to have because R really opens up what you can do creative, both in comedies in dramas, even what we saw with Wolverine in the super movie is it had an R. So Wolverine got to be bloody and visceral and violent, but it also got to be deep and emotional and really go to some dark places that I don't know, you may have been able to do those same beats in a PG-13, but the idea is R is more mature, so the audience is going in with that, okay, I'm going in for a more serious, grounded story than I would otherwise. But I think an important thing to note there is that the opposite is also kind of true, in that there have been plenty, in my experience, of G-rated stories, or Y7-rated like shows, that went to way more interesting, philosophical challenging deep places than most you know drama television i 100 percent agree because you're working under a different set of circumstances now you have more limits applied to it to be more creative and more satirical and clever in how you do it like here's a basic example right no matter what you or anyone feels about it adventure time is important i'm not actually a huge fan of adventure time i only like a handful of the episodes but the ones i do like are ones that are way more emotionally challenging than most live-action television I've seen. Like, do you, do you know anything about what I'm talking about when I say that? Nope, I never got past the fluff. All right, that's fine. But, like, there's an entire story arc, and everyone out there who's seen this show knows what I'm talking about, around the character called the Ice King, who, if you've watched a little bit at the beginning, you probably, you've seen him. He's, a, he's an imbecile, uh, voiced by Tom Kenny, I believe, so he's got the SpongeBob kind of voice. But... He's kidnapped princesses, and he seems like this joke of a character. And then there's like entire episodes where you find out that he was a regular guy, like a professor before the apocalypse. Because, oh yeah, spoiler, Adventure Time takes place after a nuclear apocalypse. And that he found an ancient magical artifact, this ice crown, that made him slowly lose his sanity. And you actually watch a video recording of him documenting his slow loss of sanity as he loses all his memories, he loses himself. And it's like, it's one of the most tragic depressing things I've seen. And it was in, you know, this Cartoon Network show. I would just, you know, talk about the latest, you know, internet fire that they had with uh, Rocco's Modern Life, you know, Static Kling and everyone getting all upset about that one. And again, people got excited about that. Oh yeah. They had a transgender character. How dare they introduce politics and adult themes into a cartoon? Did they ever watch the original Rocco's Modern Life? I don't think they did. I think they were mad to be mad because if you're mad about adult themes and politics and Rocco's Modern Life, you never watched Rocco's Modern Life. Also, I'm of the opinion of saying like putting politics in my media is inherently a stupid sentence because it means you have no understanding of what the word politics means. But 
whatever. I look Insult at me if you just. It's it's you don't like the politics that are being presented because they're different than yours. Yeah, but like, okay, I don't have a super huge connection to Rocco's Modern Life. I watched it a bit when I was younger, but it's a little too. I was more of a Ren Stimpy fan when it came to my surrealist cartoons. So I watched uh, Aesthetic Cling the other day with Woonvog, and it was okay. Like, I wasn't that into it. I get, I got totally what it's doing, but I actually thought that that character, that transgender character, was, like, the best part of that movie because it was this interesting, you know, serious, real, you know, story about this this person who's trying to create a relationship with their father who doesn't understand. I know it's not a, it's not the newest trans narrative. You see that in a lot of trans narratives, but seeing it in that particular format, uh, the kind of format that, you know, a youth could experience, I thought was really important and really cool. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, all ratings have their place and we're not particularly saying that one or that, if you lock something in at a certain rating, it stifles all creativity. More my point is, and I'll keep hammering this home because I believe some people need to hear it, R is not inherently bad. It does not mean it is necessarily adult or skeevy or gross. Sometimes it just means they are going for more mature themes that a younger audience wouldn't necessarily be interested in. In fact, and sometimes it means they're not going for more mature themes, and this goes means they're going for way more immature themes, but using methods of doing it that they just can't get away with at younger ones. And inversely, you can have, you know, G-rating movies that are going for extremely mature themes, but so saying seeing a G-rating doesn't mean you're not gonna get those themes. It's for me, it's a more generalized topic. It's it's all about uh, there's no item or tool or uh, skill set when it comes to art really that is inherently meaningful of one thing you can have skill sets that are, are, are themes that are evocative uh so you could say that most of the time an r rating is going to uh indicate that you're more likely going to have this ma a more mature kind of story but that's not an inherent attribute of that character you know of that concept it's it's all in how you use it. It's like uh, another good example, right? Shaky cam. Almost all of us at this point hate shaky cam. It's not inherently a bad thing, though. I have seen movies that can make good use of it. A good example is actually the movie that basically created it. J uh, the Bourne movies actually knew what they were doing. They used it to like elevate, you know, the the tension and the kind of freneticness of the scenes. Uh, found footage. Most found footage movies kind of suck, in my opinion, because it's a, not a very easy to use tool but chronicle is amazing partly because it's a found footage movie in fact even cloverfield with all its problems i think is elevated by being found footage that makes that work so it's like a, a tool a rating system uh you know a theme none of them are inherently meaningful of anything it's all in how you apply it yeah and i would honestly be much happier if we did away with the rating system entirely and instead, we just kind of kept, you know, those little things that pop up as to why it's bad. Maybe refine that more. Because, you know, if I'm going to go see a family with the kids, it's not going to be like, oh, hardcore nudity, sex, and drug use. Eh, we aren't watching this one. But if I see, you know, occasional use of swear words, it's like, okay, well, you know, this might be good. I guess so we can argue then that the rating itself is not as useful as the notes accompanying it based on if what you, just... you look for them most people though it looks at the rating and my biggest problem is how many r-rated movies have we seen cut down to a pg-13 
when you can clearly see these are the ways that that would have worked better had you been able to stretch a little bit further. Get in that extra, you know, F-bomb. Get in that little, the actual have blood. Maybe, you know, address the character's dark past without kind of going, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, theoretical, if you will. All right. Instead of a rating system based on letters, what if it was a numerical system from 0 to 100 where... 100 was at the far end of NC-17, 0 is at the far end of G, and based on a number of factors, the number goes up and down. So you'd get a number, and you know most PG-13s would probably fall somewhere in the uh, 60 to 70 range, and then you would get a you know the sequence of notes about it. Now, you'd run into a similar problem where then every company would be like, we need to get into the 60, 70 range, but now it's like it doesn't instantly associate with a single concept and you have to see like oh what are the notes what are the reasons why it got this specific number you know i think people would still lock in at the mid-range because they would tell themselves well i don't want to go see anything at an 80 or a 90 because that could be really bad when really the story could just be about suicide and that's the whole what pushes that egg My i point mean is, i feel like no matter what on you know sticking to perceived safe systems and limiting what they can and cannot see. Which no, I agree, but that's something that you're never going to get around. So I'm saying like, what is the best tool we can use to try to work with that? And I feel like a numerical uh, system is not perfect, but it's a better idea than the current letter system we have. The best, the one I liked most that I heard was you simply split it into two categories. You know, for everyone or parental consideration suggested. And, you know, there it is. If you say for everyone, it's going to be out. There's nothing. It's going to be the PG-13 standard. You know, you're not going to see any of the stuff you're really opposed to. Parental suggestion is going to be like, okay, you can't get it under 16. And, you know, maybe maybe it has deals with more heavy topics. Maybe there's more, there's actual blood. Maybe there's gore. And that's where you divide it down the line. And then you kind of put it back on what this is all perceived to be about. Keeping children from being exposed to mature subjects they're not ready for. I suppose, but I feel like what, would you, what you'd end up actually doing in that case is getting, and again, this doesn't really matter, but you get a lot of movies that should belong in the everyone category going into the parental suggestion category because you get those same kind of people who you said currently run the the rating system would now be like well basically anything that isn't what we currently see as a g should fall under parental uh adv you know consideration oh yeah no i know it's a whole dumb system and i guess this is all kind of spy this whole conversation was inspired by the fact that studios are afraid of r ratings for a multitude of reasons and how i think it is dumb because as we said, when you go to one end of the spectrum, it births a certain creative uh, freedom. When you go to the other end of the spectrum, you get the same thing. It's when you get stuck in the middle of the spectrum, which is where everyone's trying to crowd into B, that you get creative stagnation. Yeah, I, I feel like, though, the breakdown and just two. So like a tool is, I, I have my whole rant I went on about tools, but a tool needs to be to have a use, right? Like it's all about how you use it, but it has to have a use. And if you have just a two set system, I feel like what you're actually saying is that we really shouldn't have a system at all, which is a fine argument because a two set system is just not gonna be like practical in any for any kind of application. And if we're trying to basically find a, a compromise point with the kind of people who are gonna always want some kind of system, you have to have something that is 
you know, useful for them, not just a trick, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. I personally am in favor of abolishing the system entirely and going back to this is what's in this movie, decide for yourself camp. Yeah, I guess I always sit on the, the line of like, how do you find uh, what what is the purpose of what we're doing? How do we communicate and what are the compromises? And But I, I can totally understand your standpoint. It would never fly, obviously, but <laughs> I get it. No, I, I totally know it won't fly, but it's just, I don't know. It bugs me when you see theater, you know, movies shying away from going into R because, well, they potentially might lose audience or people going, I won't see that movie because it's rated R. It's like, you're missing a great piece of film because at one point in the movie, someone gets stabbed and there's blood. Everything else is PG-13, but you were so fixated on the letter. This is a very nebulous topic. I've well, I also feel like those same kind of people, you're not going to win with them. Even if oh, you abolish no, the system, even if you abolish the system, all you need to do is see one thing in the trailer and be like, oh, I saw someone get stabbed in the trailer. That means that there, there's too much violence. I'm not going to see that. So it's like, all right, I don't know if we came to a conclusion here necessarily, but uh, my conclusion seems to be that, you know, keep your tools practical, keep them useful. At the end of the day, you know, the, a, a compromise is one where no one's happy, right? Like a good compromise, no one's really happy. <laughs> and that's kind of what our system is not currently, and it could be made better. I feel like personally, we should take the system we have and refine it so that it has more granularity. Then it would be more useful. Our system currently is not that useful. That's my finishing point. What's your finishing point? That the R rating is important, just as important. And it. <sighs> It's being underused and perhaps improperly used because people have become obsessed with what it means rather than what it actually can, you know, create. And I believe it's very important to keep and keep adding to that because sometimes art needs to operate without a restriction. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I The problem is, right, financial. Anyway, I could go on. We can talk about this for a lot longer than I actually thought we can talk about this, but we are running low on time. So, you know, thank you all for, for listening. This has been our, like, weird rant about the rating system. So before we go out, Ulrich, you want to tell our faithful listeners about our various platforms? Yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. We are always looking to expand that base. We just need you to tell us where you want us to go. All right. Now, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the various things that Ulrich usually tells you to do and that, you know, do the various internet algorithms, help our videos get more popular, I guess. Uh, just whatever you feel comfortable with. But the more that people see it, the more we grow, the more we can do, the more of ourselves we get to pour into this, you know, because right now we got day jobs and families and stuff, but Ulrich has ambitions. That's going to be my new catchphrase, Ulrich has ambitions. Anyway, we're going to talk to you next time. As always, this has been Axel Wright and Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in, and as always, stay honorable.